Tasting Anarchy, your wine and liberty podcast. Join Mason and Jake each week as they try new wines and discover how much government is in your drink. Hello and welcome to another fantastic episode of Tasting Anarchy. I'm your host, Jacob Lindsay, and as always, I'm joined by... Mason Joseph. And we've got a, a guest this week. A surprise guest for me and a surprise guest for the listeners. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, Will cue? from, yeah, it's Will from Peaceful Treason, sort of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Peace, Peaceful Treason's still around kicking. I, I got back into the Twitter account after being, locking myself out, but um, well, maybe, okay. maybe some episodes will be forthcoming. All nice. right. Well, that's good. Uh, so I don't have a huge amount of stuff planned for today. I do have one article that I, I'd like to talk to, and I think it's a good one for uh, will to have a bit of a commentary on since he's more of a sports person man it has to do with sports um but i figured before that we would kind of get into any reviews anybody has i have like a negative review sort of i also have a negative review really so, mine's not exactly yeah. negative because it's because i still liked it but um and actually i mentioned this to will uh i think earlier this week or maybe last week that uh, so Shiner does every fall, they do their, uh, their, uh, not bonfire. Is it bonfire? Campfire, their campfire pack. And, uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's three beers that are kind of like cool weather. They're campfire beers. Uh, last year their, their campfire pack was excellent. And this year it was okay, but, uh, I was I was kind of disappointed because it just didn't really hit it out of the park. One of the things I thought so, and, and I guess like I'm of two minds of this because I was very impressed with the previous one, but I only got it twice, and it was available mm-hmm. for, for several months because it was one of the one of the ones that I particularly remember was the trail mix that they had, and that trail mix was just tasted like a trail mix. It was, and I was like, this is really impressive that they got this flavor. Uh, but it had kind of the nut, the nuttiness, the raisiny, like all of those flavors. And I was like, this is actually really impressive that they sort of captured this in this pack. I think that the, the strongest one was the vanilla Porter that they had, uh, which I think is a pretty good fall beer, but also, I don't know. There was just nothing super impressive about it. And I think the worst thing that they had was this, uh, it was either a stout or a, Porter, I can't remember which, but it was a chocolate raspberry one. And I was just like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not crazy about this. And the other one I think was like just a, a lager of some sort. I mean, chocolate raspberry sounds pretty good to me, but I, 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 didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't crazy about it. Yeah. So, uh, I did some fact checking and, uh, it's, it's, it's actually a more ridiculous name for the series than what you were saying. They call okay. this, uh, this particular mix pack is the bonfire brewskis. Okay. Um, and yeah i I, I remember that trail mix one from last year that was pretty surprisingly good for you know certainly containing some artificial flavoring but it it was it was spot on and definitely went down still you know like a beer and not like a you know a sugary dessert type right yeah it was good i think i think also last year they had like a s'more like a s'more flavor that Mm -hmm. i didn't think tasted particularly like s'more it was basically just like a chocolate stout but um, but it was, I thought it was good. I thought everything last year's was like, you know, Shiner, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put Shiner at like the highest level of beers ever, but it's, they're solid and they're the, and especially the, actually their, their Tex Hex stuff that they've been coming out with, I think is pretty good. Um, actually I was telling Will yesterday cause we went to the arcade in the pizza place, um, that, you know, earlier this week I was sick. And I think part of what contributed to me being sick was I, on Monday night, I was on a different podcast uh, and um, I was like, well, I'm going to go get a beer for the podcast. And I went and I got the Tex Hex, but it was the the Twin Dreams Tex Hex, which is the, is 9.5 ABV. And through the podcast, <laughs> through the podcast, I drank all six. <laughs> and, and when I and I and I had nothing to eat really that day except for I also got chips and salsa while I was at the store. So I just had chips and salsa and six of these nine point five ABV beers, and it didn't really feel terrible. And when I woke up the next day, I didn't feel terrible. But then, but I think it must have like disrupted my sleep enough to wherever like whatever mm-hmm. happened, like made me 
sick later on that day. Cause that night and then, and then through Thanksgiving day, I was like super nauseous. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't throw up though. That's a, uh, that's a victory. I always think, but just didn't feel good at all. And, uh, wanted to go to the Chinese restaurant with my mother-in-law and my wife, but for Thanksgiving, cause that's what we've been doing since nobody wants to cook here. <laughs> and, uh, was just like, you know, I, I don't want to go, if this is a bug, I don't want to go spread it. And if it, and if not, it's not really worth it for me to go. Cause I probably won't be able to eat anything. So I don't, that's yeah, well, my story. <laughs> maybe that's how you, uh, maybe that's how you fight the flu and, and all possible COVID variants is you just, you just drown it in MSG and Chinese food. It just, it's just fighting <laughs> fire with fire. <laughs> it could be. He like, you know, classic Jacob, like, when they tell, don't tell him to social distance, he social distances. <laughs> Natural right, yeah. contrarian. <laughs> no, well, it's fun. Yeah, I mean, it. I, I've actually always been a little bit more cautious with yeah. sickness around. Like, I'm not. I'm not super cautious around sickness, but especially at a buffet. Like, if I if I even feel a little bit under the weather, I don't want to go just because, you know, everybody's touching the same food and it doesn't really bother. Honestly, it doesn't bother me if somebody else is sick because if I get sick, I get sick. Like I'm not, it's, I, I, I have enough faith in my own immune system and my own health level that if I get sick, I'll get over it in a day or two. Um, but like, you know, if you ever go to a buffet, I love buffets. If you ever go to a buffet and look around, it's not really the cream of the crop there. So it's usually people who, who maybe need to avoid being exposed to sickness sometimes. <laughs> Jacob is so, so elitist. It's like, my sickness will kill the buffet. They get good. I mean, like, I, I, no, last, I, last time we were there, you know, we, my wife and I have this thing. We always say, peace diets, which in, in Russian means holy fuck. Uh, anytime we see like an elephant walking and I, I mean, it was just the, the, ent- like I was astonished at how large some of these people were and, and that they could still walk. Like if they were on like a rascal and like we're zooming around, I'd be like, okay. But like some of these people were just like, I mean, it was, I, I was astonished. <laughs> it was, yeah, my, I was like, wow. My, my wife and I's term is a uh, land whale. <laughs> so. <laughs> Like, you know, like my favorite thing is like, have you ever seen somebody where you would honestly could be like, that looks like a dollop of sour cream, but it's a human walking <laughs> right. around. You're like, oh, it's sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, it, it just, it's, it's to, it's, but anytime I see them, my thought is not, oh, these are, well, partially my thought is these are disgusting human beings, but partially my thought is that like they're in danger of like, the slightest illness is probably going to kill them. <laughs> I, I don't know. They're, they're putting a lot of, a lot of layers of skin and fat between them and the, uh, the great outdoors. <laughs> well, well, well insulated they are from, yeah, uh, from outside true. harms. I was going to say, and they you know, most of them have like really bad reflux. So like, they're like, they can't like it physically ingest. Yeah. Like, you know, like when they ingest the food, like then it's like the virus is getting destroyed in their stomach. Um, and a lot of them can't breathe through their nose. So like they can't get it through like the nasal passages. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they could, they could be. So I, I was actually, uh, I was thinking about this. If we're, since we're on this thing, I was, I've mentioned it to Victoria. I was like, I wonder if during the hard times, since we, you know, we're in the fourth turning, cause that's what I've been talking about. Like the last two weeks, uh, <laughs> since we're in the fourth turning, if, and during the hard, like during the lean times, Maybe the average American's going to be okay because they could probably go for a couple of months without eating. <laughs> so, like, this is one of those things where, um, you know, they, they've been talking about, like, so if you listen to, like, American Glutton, like, with Ethan Suplee, and yeah. he talks about a lot, like, how there's so many people who are insanely fat, but they're fat and, like, nearly starving to death because they're on so many empty calories that like oh, interesting. that like they're just nutritionally deprived because it's not like they're going and going like okay I ate a whole steak three baked potatoes and this they're like no I ate like seventeen Twinkies and it's like okay oh, so yeah. you had thirty thousand calories in like one go but like it was nutritionally void so like yes right. you got the fat but like that fat is useless and so yeah. a lot of them like because they're eating these like hyper complexly processed foods, like right. if the lean times come, 
they just don't they don't have anything stored up. Well, really. like when they start losing that weight, they're just gonna die because of all the chemicals that are trapped oh, in yeah. fat. It's just gonna express and kill them. Speaking of that, did you guys see that article that was going around? It was a Florida man story that he broke Florida man broke into a Burger King and they found him drinking deep fryer oil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so gross. Yeah, it was disgusting. Oh, God. He was and, and he, when he, they they showed the mugshot, I was like, yeah, it kind of makes sense that this guy was doing that. <laughs> like, so it's like the, So crazy. it looked like that guy who got a uh, like attacked that club in Colorado where you're like, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> just when, the slop trap like it yeah. ended? like what happened? But I I you know, I don't I don't feel bad for him in like the sense that like he like this is a person who's gonna you know if he's guilty, which it seems like he is, he's gonna have to face consequences for his actions. But like just in that mugshot, like the shape of his head, I'm like this guy was neglected as a kid. Like his he's got that that big flat spot on the back of his head that babies get if you lay if you lay him laying down mm-hmm. too long. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, this kid like he was. He didn't really, I mean, it doesn't justify him killing anybody, but it's like, yeah, this guy it's, was dealt a raw yeah, deal. He didn't have a chance, like, no matter what. Like, yeah, yes, right. he did something horrendous, but, like, you didn't have a chance. Right. Yeah. So, welcome to the podcast, Will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, I just remember when, we, when I was in, like, sixth grade, fifth grade, we used to make fun of a kid who had the opposite of the flathead. Well, I, I say we. Kids made fun of him. I just hid, hid and hoped they didn't make fun of me. But uh, he had the opposite. It was more like the um, like the alien shaped head oh interesting yeah it was so like that, like like the, like this kind of kind of so is that like the opposite like he, he didn't like, rest his yeah. head enough or what i don't know i'm not sure i you know i i don't know about like when you get older like i had this interaction with my cousin when i went and saw his kids when they were born and i remember leaving and, go, and t- going to my mom do kids' heads look like that? <laughs> and, and she she's like she's like I'm glad you waited to say something because but she's like no like they'll their heads will they'll reshape babies have really freaking weird looking heads but yeah, uh, I mean they're, they just they they're just com- bounce right back when you get dropped everything yeah right, they're yeah. compressible they're compressible so they can come out the birth canal so like right, they'll deform yeah. in weird ways but like they also will deform around the environment. Like you were saying with like yeah. the flat spot and things like that. But also like, you know, some kids have like that weird head and you see them later in life and you're like, they don't have <laughs> enough hair to hide it. And they yeah. don't have a weird head. It's just like, yeah, their head changed. But yeah, there, there, there were a couple guys at my church when I was younger who had, uh, it was like right when shaved heads started coming in as, as like acceptable for people who are balding. Mm-hmm. Because like just prior to that, if you shaved your head, you were a skinhead. But like then it started becoming acceptable and a bunch of them shaved their heads and there was like four or five guys there. It's like it was better for you to just <laughs> just leave the kind of wisp you had because your head is shaped really bizarre. <laughs> so I gotta I gotta admit, I'm I'm about an episode behind listening to y'all, but I, I didn't realize this was a wine and phrenology podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna yeah. say, I think I think Jacob reviewed a wine for the first time. Like we reviewed a wine for the first time in like a month and a half of like released episodes last time. Mostly yeah, it's been beer. Well, I, um, can, I can review a wine in my hand right now. Oh, oh nice. go for it. Yeah, do it. Um I, I I'm on about my well, not in one sitting, but uh this is now the fourth bottle I've opened since uh oh, wow. since buying half a case with your affiliate link with last oh. bottle wines. Nice, um, right on. But uh, this is, Which a, is, I think, still up. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is a 2018 red blend called Flux. Um, oh, I, I know that one. That's very, that's good. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I, 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 I trip over how to describe it because uh, it. I guess I get a little bit of those different blends, and it, it it is just balanced. I wouldn't say it stands out in any one, any one category, but uh, not too dry. Uh, definitely not sweet, not too heavy on the tongue, uh, s- silky almost, not not fully, but but like semi silky. Let 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 me uh, let me coin the term satiny. Is satiny a, a verb we can, or an adjective we can use? I'm, Sat- I'm gonna call yeah, this yeah, one. where it's like it's smooth. It doesn't really have the strong tannins. It's not like tannins are like that grippy texture, mm-hmm. and then but like the smoother texture is like lower tannins typically. Yeah. So um, yeah, I uh, I, 
you know, as far as wines go, it's, it definitely beats probably what I'd grab at the, at the grocery store for sure. Um, yeah, Flux, Flux is, it's pretty good. Um, I'm looking it up because I kind of remember some stuff about, it. I know they're from California, but I don't remember where. So I know, I, and I, know, I know they also make a Grenache. Um, I don't know if, I don't know if it's a, if their Grenache is a, a blend, if that's the one you have, or if they have a, just a straight Grenache. Well, they're doing a little bit of switcheroo bait and switch on the label because they mention, you know, being bottled and processed in Sonoma, but but they don't say grown. So, <laughs> yeah, well, uh, it's if you so like if you go to like Total Wine or somewhere, uh, actually, I'll look it up real quick, but it'll tell you uh, where it's from. And if it doesn't say a specific area, if it just says the state, then it just mm-hmm. means it's generically from the state. So they'll okay. just get whatever grapes they can get. But if it because if you're from Sonoma, which is a, a particular AVA, American Viticulture Area, it has to be, well, there's regulations in California in particular, but from on the federal level, the grapes have, to, I think it's 85% of the grapes have to come from there mm-hmm. in order for you to get that label. So that's, which I always thought was kind of an interesting thing. And then, but then there's more strict stuff too. Like one of the things that, although it hasn't passed and probably won't because of the way that Texas works, but and, and so I think it's a good thing, but one of the things they've been trying to do in Texas is make it that not only does the grapes have to be 85% from Texas, it also has to be processed and bottled in Texas. And like all of the, so it's like all of these more complicated things. And, and so it'll end up making that whole labeling pro- Plus you have to give a dollar per case to some organization to, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a whole stupid thing. Well, given the the price and scarcity allegedly of diesel fuel, I, I have to imagine some of these rules don't really need to be enforced. It's, just, it's simply going to be yep. cost effective to to grow, produce, and bottle them all in one location without transporting them back and forth. Yeah, yeah, I, that'll be, that's actually going to that'll be interesting to see what happens with that because uh, you're right. I right now a big thing that. Uh, that they've done in Texas right now. Most of, most of our, if we have a Texas wine there, the grapes mostly come from high plains, but with a state, the size of Texas high plains, and then to ship it to hill country to be processed and bottled is the length of a state. Like it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a, from hill country to uh, Lubbock is like six hours. So it's a long drive. And I mean, it, like like speaking on that, it's going to be a lot like we were seeing in Europe, where they're just going to basically run out of capacity because, like, if you if it's not cost effective to ship it to a place that can't naturally grow but has processing capacity, a mm-hmm. lot of those places in California can't process the volume of grape that they produce. That's right. Yeah. So like, that's true. you'll get like weirder vintages, like less good vintages because they'll process longer, so you'll get higher brick stuff. I mean, in California, you already got like yeah. high brick issue, um, not like Texas, but like, you know, if diesel is yeah. actually like that short, it's going to cause a lot of issues in that way. Now, Will, what made you pull the plug or pull the trigger on it? On getting this wine? Yeah. Uh, I Like with uh, most beverage purchasing decisions, it was a, uh, it hit the sweet spot as far as price point and interesting label. Um, so it's got what, uh, some, not quite an ink blot test or it could be a nebula. Yeah. I'm not sure. It's, it's very abstract. The label, I like the name flux. Uh, of course it brings to mind the flux capacitor from back to the yep. future. And, uh, and yeah, I'd say, I don't remember what I, I don't remember what I paid. It probably came down to 15 a bottle or so, um, which I, I think is good. It, it, it you know, it's, it probably should go for twice that. Yeah, I, yeah. I think, I think, I don't remember what the original price is, but most of the wines on on last bottle and i've I've seen flux actually come up several times on there so and i they're they're probably different vintages but liars um, liars oh (laughs) it could be a different vintage i don't know but uh like i i got i had their grenache i don't recall if the grenache was a blend or if it was just straight grenache when we first moved to texas i i had gotten uh you know, they, you know, they do these wine marathons every once in a while on there. And I get suckered into those a lot. Lately I haven't because I don't want to spend, you know, $600 on wine, but, uh, <laughs> I get, I get suckered into those where like, I'll just, I'll take a break from my work for a couple of hours and, and every 10 minutes they, or maybe it's every 15 minutes, they switch the wine until it's sold out. And like, uh, and you can save them up. So like you get free shipping if you order a certain number, I think six bottles. 
so you can start you can just kind of get a few of a bunch of them and uh i get suckered into that every single time <laughs> it, but it's a good way to get really cheap wine so absolutely i don't i do not regret the purchase uh, i i took a, a leap getting six without having you know sight unseen but um it's it's been yeah. it's been a good back end staple of my uh my meager wine collection nice well, i like it so I guess that uh, leads to what I I bought. So, you know, I I goof around on the weekends and look at the local breweries, which Hampton Roads has a crap ton of them. And uh, an old staple O'Connor's, as Jacob and I have talked in the past, has gone away from their traditional brews that we used to get a lot over there. Like they used to have a really good black lager. Mm-hmm. Um, like they they've just like done weird stuff, but in house like in their tasting room, they do a lot of really cool experimental stuff. So I was on there goofing around and like my wife has recently kind of expressed a desire for darker beers. And so there was this one called like liquid churro. My wife loves churros. So I was like, all right. So I showed her that and she's like, you got to get that. And I was like, okay. Um, but then we went down there today and I was like, okay, I'm going to get the liquid churro. But they also had a, and I was specifically thinking of Will when I got this is they had a Christmas cookie stout. So it's a pastry stout with cocoa nibs, but it also has lactose in it. And it just doesn't taste good. It's like, I don't know what they were going for. Like pastry stout. Like, what does that mean? Like, like it's not it to me, like it to me, like my wife would like tasted it. And she's like, Oh, it's like really yeasty up front. And I'm like, yeah, it's just kind of bitter. <laughs> like it's, bitter dark beer but not in that like like dunkel like or like super dark just like dark chocolate stout it's just like mildly flavorful but like not in any like one specific direction and it's like eight mm-hmm. percent alcohol i had like two of them and i'm like okay like i got a little drunk on it and then like sobered up because i had the last one like three hours ago but it was just like not that impressive and i was just like god damn it <laughs> like just looking for like like beer of the beer of the season again like and i was like ah oh, it's winter time and like you know i'm sure texas is kind of the same way i mean it's supposed to change but like it's been like 60 degrees here and it's normally like 40 at this time of the year yeah i've been like, dark beer i'm so happy and then it's like it's warm and this one's kind of crap i'm just like damn it you know what? Uh, you know what I used to do. I haven't done it in a while. Um, but uh, but yeah, my wife and I would kind of disagree on on some of those stouts and flavored winter beers. But we uh, we discovered that sometimes combining the two into a single glass actually brought out the best in both. Huh. Uh, we used, you know mix, mix like you know something heavy on the 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 uh, cacao nibs or the chocolate taste, and then mix it maybe with something sweeter. You know maybe a churro, maybe 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 something you know in that vein combine the two and you actually end up with a, a pretty well-balanced broom. That's something. And now this is, so I'll point this out. So my wife tried it and my wife thought it was not good either, but she had opened her, one of the liquid churros and like, she's like, that is literally like just liquid cinnamon. And I took a sip of yeah. it and it didn't taste like cinnamon at all to me. So I was like, do I have COVID again? Like, Cause I didn't lose my taste. I didn't lose taste last time, but I was like, maybe I've got COVID. Maybe this, maybe this beer tastes good to me. I don't know it because this doesn't taste like churros, but I also like, like cinnamon's a fine flavor. Like, and I appreciate it in things, but it's like my wife's go-to flavoring agent. And I'm like for her own things. Right. And I'm kind of like, eh, you know, it's cinnamon, whatever. <laughs> I don't care. I, I, so, I, I like cinnamon stuff a lot, but, uh, yeah. but I'm, but more, I would say probably more like artificial cinnamon, like the artificially cinnamony things like cinnamon gum. Yeah, yeah. I love cinnamon gum. doesn't really taste <laughs> exactly like cinnamon. I just like the way it tastes. It just tastes like heat. Like <laughs> yeah, fireball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like fireballs. I like those <laughs> or like the hot tamales. The, those little chewy candies, like things like that. I, I like those Jake, a lot. Jacob, Jacob like sugary stuff disguised as spicy things. Right, yeah. Yeah, which is funny because <laughs> like because I'm not – I don't have a very strong sweet tooth. But I do like I do like the cinnamon candy. Uh, yeah. isn't, uh, isn't cinnamon one of the rumored ingredients in Dr. Pepper? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's prune, cinnamon, um, 
I mean, it's you know, twenty three flavors. Who knows what they are? But uh, asphalt. Yeah, yeah. it's. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> have you done the twenty three and me to see if you have all twenty three Dr Pepper flavors in yeah. your body in your DNA? <laughs> <laughs> yeah right or is it, it maybe that's probably the 23 is it 36 no it is it's, no, it's 23 Robbins. yeah no it, yeah, it's, it's 23, 23. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what's in it but i know i've always i always try to knock off i you know i feel like i'm a uh, dr pepper connoisseur uh and uh i've tried the knockoff every knockoff i think that they, that exists all the all the dr stars all the even the knockoffs of mr pib which they do actually have a mr pib extra now that i think is that it, it's not dr pepper but it uh it's pretty good Oh, yeah, they should have a, called it Mr. Pib MD or something. That would have been yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, Mr. Yeah. Pib OBGYN. Right. <laughs> oh man, I, I was thinking uh, uh, Mr. Pib uh, doctor like Joe Biden or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like that's my one of my favorite Michael Malice's retorts to somebody who's got like et, like doctor in their title or something on Twitter. He's like, are you a real doctor? Or are you a doctor like Joe Biden? Right. <laughs> yes. A PhD librarian or something. You think, you think that they would come up with like a different, like a different term to describe uh, a person that's not a medical doctor. Like, like instead of using the term doctor or, or medical doctors should just not be called medical doctors. They should be called something else. Well, like, but that's the idea is like the, like credentialing, like comes yeah. out of like a, like the German system. And the idea is to like, take that like reverence that people had for medical doctors oh, and try right. to apply it to these other fields. Yeah. Now, some of which are like impressive and others where it's like, yeah, you, you just wrote nonsense for right. 12 yeah, cause isn't, isn't Joe Biden's doctor in like education or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So she's yeah, basically, yeah. she's like a glorified bureaucrat, basically like a, like an administrator. Yeah. Isn't that what people do with a, a PhD in education? They're like principals. It's like something <laughs> like that. Like, so when I took public speaking at TCC, yeah, it was this British guy and he was like PC, but like, just on the line of like being not the entire time. And like one of his best things he ever said in class was he's like, he's like, well, I have like two doctorates and we're like, and he's like, I've got a doctorate in divinity and then like a doctorate in, in something else. But he's like, don't you trust anybody who has a doctorate in education? Cause they give those away like candy. The thesis things to <laughs> I was like, Oh, <laughs> and that's, so you remember the Matt who like, you ended up having to kick out of your house basically. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, yeah. That's he, where he, I yeah. met. Yeah. That's where I met him. Oh, okay. that class. Like it was such an interesting class. Yeah, he ended up leaving, but yeah, yeah. It, was sort, it was sort of like, uh, I invited him to leave kind of thing. So was, <laughs> I was like, so you're going to pay rent. You've been here six months. He's like, uh, no. I was like, all right. I was I was always more passive aggressive with roommates. I, I never renewed a lease. It was like, oh well lease is up. See you later. Yeah. I'm going somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> your, your wife's like, but we're married. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, I got a new lease. I'm just gonna tell you where. <laughs> He's a cool guy. Have you seen have you seen Matt in the no. Any, no? Okay. He was a neat guy. I like that guy. I, I should look him up. Yeah, but it, like I he had like he the most generic name, Matt Smith. <laughs> yeah, right, like, yeah, good luck yeah. finding him again. Well, yeah, I mean, it'd, it'd be, and also I, he's he's sort of like uh, like our friend Orthzar. Uh, doesn't he didn't really have a cell phone? He had like a flip phone, but like didn't text, just had calls. Um, didn't have social media at all. Uh, I mean, back then I think it was it was mostly just Facebook, but yeah, it didn't have Facebook. Didn't like. Didn't have a job, didn't have a car, didn't, like, or he had a job, but his job was he was a tutor. So he's just an interesting guy. And then yeah. I do think I think that later on he ended up getting. I, I, I did talk to him later. I think he did get a job and then ended up getting a car and kind of was like, yeah, I realized that like that lifestyle of just sleeping at the library and sleeping at McDonald's was not really working out. <laughs> yeah, and, it's super and it wasn't weird, like he was poor. Like, yeah, <laughs> he well, money. he was. He was poor, but like in that, like, I like he, it was like he wanted to be like Karl Marx, but he wasn't like, he was like a hardcore ANCAP basically. Yeah. Yeah. Where he was like, 
edu- like he was just interested in education and learning and growing in that way. But it was like, he was going to the community college. He didn't really want to go to like Harvard or someplace like that and get like a hardcore education. It was just like, I'm just going to take classes. Right. And yeah. like, but he was also dating like one of these twins. And I think he had dated the other twin at some yeah, point. Yeah. Yeah. I think they'd switched at some point. Yeah. At some point they switched, which probably yeah. would make a really good movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Our yeah. vagabond boyfriend. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Camped out at this other dude's house. And was randomly not there for like a week and a half at a time. <laughs> those those girls were really nice too. They they I remember one of them went to Ireland, brought me back gifts, which I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like, she brought me back like these wildflower seeds from Ireland, and like, and I, I'd met her like twice. She's like, oh, I thought about you when I when I got when I uh, was picking out gifts, and I got you these like seeds and something else. I don't remember what else. She, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> You know, there, was, that, uh, that, that path exists now. Maybe it wasn't, you know, 10, 15 years ago, but if somebody doesn't want to get into the system, but wants to get highly educated, it's never been easier in, in all of human yeah. history to do that now. Yeah. And, and, yep. and maybe to the, we were talking about with credentialing, <laughs> will that catch up? Will somebody without mainstream degrees and documentation be able to demonstrate, uh, you know, a, a you know, professorship or higher level of, yeah. of a field? Uh, you know, self-taught or, you know, through YouTube, through uh, some of the free, what, MIT and Harvard courses. Uh, I wonder if that's, that's going to be a badge of honor for a particular, you know, subgroup or or type is, oh yeah, I'm, I'm self-made and self-taught and, and here's my thesis. And then, you know, it's just the ramblings of a madman and and the mainstream media. That could could be, I can see that being sort of a a business opportunity if you could figure out how to get accreditation is, you can can, can test out of courses. Well, you can test out of courses. So why yeah, can't you but, just test out of the entire degree? But they but they already do things like that. It's like Udemy and it's certificates. So like the No, no, no. It's like I a, mean I mean like getting a legit <laughs> certified degree from a college because you tested out of all of the courses. Well, but that so like that's kind of the so I mean from like a practical standpoint, yes, that would Right. Like make sense to the three of us where it's like, okay, like if you show proficiency in all of these, but like by that same token, like I like theoretically got a degree from Old Dominion. So why can't I go to William and Mary and just be like, give me a degree? Why do I even have to test out? Like I I've got an accounting degree. Yeah. At, you know what I mean? So like, but that's kind of the like the idea is like for me, it's like, you know, how many people look to like talk about and I'm like I don't, you know. I know some people who were had these plans of like, oh, I'm going to go to a coding boot camp mm-hmm. and like break into coding, and I'm and I'm always kind of like, you don't even have to go to a coding boot camp now. Like, yeah, you can learn most of it online. Um, like most of the time, it's just like create an app and show the person the app. Right. Oh, here's well, my or, published I mean, app like, in the app even, store. Yeah, I mean, like when when I was switching jobs, <clears throat> I needed to learn. I kind of knew it already, but I needed to learn Java just because there was a lot of jobs that had Java's, but Java and C sharp are very similar, but, uh, and I already knew C sharp fairly well. So, um, but it was kind of one of those things where I was just like looking to Google, like learn Java. And then I just went through courses that were free on Java stuff. And then it was like, okay, now I know how to do this basically. And could do, cause most of the places where I applied to work, they just, ha- they just gave you a coding test at the beginning. So, and that was kind of yeah. what I would do is they'd be like, uh, do this problem or whatever. And you just, and knock it out. And I had one that was really weird though. They wouldn't let you reference. They, they were like, you have to, you have to do this, but you can't reference anything. And it has to be written. So I was like, you want me to write out, you want me to like physically write out on a piece of paper, how I would do this in code. And they're like, yeah. And I was like, all right. I, I didn't get that job. <laughs> but, uh, your, your your program compiled, but they also realized they had to write in half of it because they couldn't read your handwriting. Yeah. Well, we think he wrote a squiggly line, which right. we interpreted. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was it was a weird that was a weird one. But uh, you, you start you start off at the top like writing like um like here's a key like when you see this symbol. I mean, this, right. Yeah. <laughs> They've got to translate what you wrote. <laughs> I mean, it, it was, it was a weird process, but you're right. I mean, like these days, 
I, I was actually talking to my cousin about this when I was out in California. Uh, he's going to Sac State for computer science. And it's so expensive to go. It's a state college and it's expensive. Uh, so like it's, and this was, I think I've talked to you about this conversation before. My uncle was like, well, I just think everybody should be able to go to school. He's like, when I was in the seventies, when I went to Sac State, it was like a hundred dollars for a semester. You could take as many courses as you wanted. And I was like, okay. And, and what you want is basically for us to all pay for your son to go now. And he goes, yeah. He goes, you know, in a modern country, I think we should be able to do that. And he goes, but you never stopped to ask why was it a hundred dollars when you went to Sac State? And why is it like $30,000 a year now that your son's going? He's like, well, I just think that we should be able to, I mean, it was kind of like a, it was like a Fetterman moment. I just think, I believe that <laughs> I think that, um, that I just I shouldn't believe, have to pay I just, for it. Yeah. And that was basically his logic, which like, at least he was honest about that. He's just like, no, I shouldn't have to, we shouldn't have to pay for this. And, yeah. um, but like kind of like talking to my cousin about like what he's learning. It, I don't know exactly what he wants to do if he wants to go into high level development or whatever, but most of the stuff he's learning is bullshit. It's like irrelevant to practical. Like if, if he's going to do what I do and work in the scam industry, like it's, like you don't need to know you don't need to know big o notation or like any of these like theoretical things about programming that's something that's higher level that and it may be important kind of when you get into more like core development where it's like my i don't i don't develop that deeply and most jobs are not that so like there's just stuff that's like okay you're spending all of this money for something that nine times out of ten you're not going to use ever you're going to forget yeah. it. I, that was like one of the things like I was surprised when I was applying for this job and going through the interview process, they asked me about big O notation and I was like, you got it. Are you kidding? <laughs> and they were like, yeah, I, we want to know what the big O notation on this is. And I was like, do you use that? And they were like, yeah, yeah. And then I interviewed with my current boss and he was like, we never do that. That he's, a, he's only, he does that. <laughs> the guy who's interviewing me. And so, so he's like, don't worry about it. Like none of us have done that since college. It's, it's completely irrelevant to what we're doing. So, well, I mean, it's, it's like, uh, my current job, your former job, they use a degree as yeah. a certain level of you're willing to like, almost like you're willing to put up with like a certain amount of bullshit where it's like you did the thing. So therefore, like you did more than the bare minimum, which would be like yeah. graduating high school. Now, if you had like 30 years, you know, payroll experience or whatever, it's like, okay, that's a little different conversation if you didn't go to college, but it's still that like that step up. Like my dad had that at one point where like his job was going to pay him to go to college and like they didn't care what he got a degree in. Yeah, they just wanted to get just, a degree. They, you, you need to get a degree if you want to go into upper management and like my dad had he would have been like probably on like k street or something like that like yeah because he like was in the shipyards and like was you know started in the yards knew everything and then like they're like get a degree we'll pay for it and he's like oh he's like i hate it right <laughs> yeah, <I don't> blame <laughs> you. Like, yeah. you could have done what my dad did and got a degree and like I don't remember. I think land landscape design. I think that's what his degree is in. He's like a bachelor, a bachelor's in landscape design, which but he like, likes. I could, but I could see <laughs> so. that being like an actually like really practical design, like like where you got like you know learning the grading and like yeah, yeah. like uh, nutrient management cycles and stuff like that. Like I could see that. It's a, being it's like a weird a, degree for a Navy for SEAL, like a career Navy <laughs> SEAL, to get a degree in landscape design, but. But you know he likes it. He's always liked doing stuff like yard work type stuff. So, and he used to have a landscape company, kind of like what your dad does with the lawn mowing. Yeah. Um, very similar situation where he was like, "Well, I'm going to get this degree, and then I'll start this business." And then uh, they took our jobs. The <laughs> the Mexicans came in and undercut him. So, <laughs> so he didn't do that anymore. But uh, instead of hiring him and then charging higher, <laughs> yeah, 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 that would have been a good a good business move. All right, it's let's. Like, wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> to let's, hire let's, all of you. We'll yeah. this. <laughs> let's touch on this uh this article, this beer article real quick before we yeah. uh close out because we're coming up on 40 minutes here. Um so as the listeners may or may not be aware, I assume they are aware because of the constant coverage on the mainstream <laughs> news about it. Uh the World Cup is happening 
And I don't work. Well, I don't watch the World Cup. I'm not really a soccer person or really a sports person generally. But uh, I do think this story is pretty interesting. Is that um, Anheuser Busch paid seventy million dollars to the Qataris to be the official beer sponsor of the World Cup, and they their understanding and the Qataris are saying this is not the case, I guess, but their understanding was they would be able to serve beer in the stadium. Uh, and last minute, the Qataris decided, Nope, you cannot drink in the stadium. You can only drink in these club areas outside of the, the main watching area and, uh, or at the hotel bars that are the secular kind of hotel bars. And when I read this, I was kind of like, this makes sense because, like, my dad, he was stationed in Dubai or in um, not Dubai in uh, Bahrain for a long time, and there was alcohol on Bahrain. But I remember he said, basically every Friday, all of these Saudis would come across, or the or they were I guess they were guys from the UAE would come across, and uh, the saying was that God couldn't see Bahrain for some reason, <laughs> and and they would they would basically come across and drink in Bahrain because they weren't allowed to in their country. And then they would go back afterwards. And so when I saw the story, I was like, this kind of makes sense. I don't know much about Qatar, but I imagine they're similar to the UAE and Saudi Arabia where there's strong prohibitions on alcohol. And um, like, which I, I remember also there was uh, the Malaysians where somebody was saying like they were seeing, they went to Malaysia and there was bar, a bunch of really nice bars and they were like, I thought you guys were Muslims. They were like, yeah, but we're Muslims that drink. So, like, <laughs> so like in most Muslim countries, you're not allowed to. And um, so I thought this was kind of interesting. It, it is sort of government related because Qatar is controlled by a royal family that has pretty strict rules and stuff. But I, what I thought was kind of the most interesting part about this is I sort of reminded me of like a Darth Vader moment because now – now Anheuser-Busch is pissed off about it, but they were like, but we paid you $70 million for this deal. And the Qataris are like, yeah, but now we've altered the deal. <laughs> so, 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 so the Qataris are kind of like, yeah, we don't really care what, what you, uh, what you paid us. We're not doing that anymore. And so there, there, there's a lawsuit that they're, that Anheuser-Busch is filing. I don't know if that's going to go anywhere, but they're pissed off because they paid a ton to be the official sponsor and they wanted to serve their beer. And then the, all the Europeans that were there were pissed off because they want to drink. And, th- and there's actually been some <laughs> other interesting things too. There's some guys that were arrested from uh, the UK for dressing up in crusader costumes, uh, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. They wouldn't let a guy take his shirt off. Uh, he's like a famous, I think he's from Sweden. He's like a famous Swedish, Swedish football player, football fan that takes his shirt off and has stuff painted on his big fat belly and stuff like that's his <laughs> thing and he never misses a game and he always has no shirt on in the game and they're like nope you can't do that <laughs> and so like there's all these like interesting controversies but i'm kind of thinking for for fifa isn't this stuff that they would have thought about ahead of time when they were picking who's going to be in charge of it or is this or is this just straight up a money grab and fifa doesn't if it doesn't care about the fans, they're just like, yeah, the Qataris paid us a billion dollars. We don't care. It, it, it's just that the scarlet thread throughout it is the money grab. And it, it goes even worse than that. It's not just that they bid to have it. There were, it was the, the selection of Qatar was, was rife with bribes and corruption. Oh, interesting. Uh, you know, okay. FIFA has gone through some turmoil due to that. Like that, that came out of left field. They didn't have infrastructure in place. They've allegedly used slave labor to get half-assed infrastructure into place. Not, not allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like they straight up, like that was like part of the condition of like, you know, these Indonesians and like, um, you know, Malays and stuff that would come over. And like when you landed, they would take your passport. And when oh, you yeah. worked your contract, then you could leave. But like, it like, even if you were like from a strict Muslim country, most of the time you couldn't leave like the quarter area. So like, you know, the big thing going on in China, like all those protests, but like basically Foxconn was basically like, okay, well we've got to make like an insular city because we can't have COVID breakout because this is the only thing that's keeping us going. Um, So my my dad said that over there, there's a lot of that where it's very, it's very, very segregated where like the, the native people, have their area and any foreigners are kind of in this other area. Yeah. Like, um, 
And so like, but what's really funny is, uh, so the, you know, all of these stadiums have like, uh, suites for like watching the game and they're like, let's say it's 70 grand as a suite, you know, you can do in the suite. What's that? Drink any alcohol you want. They have like, they have a a full bar. They have multiple wines and Hmm. champagne. They have beer. (laughs) They have all of the alcohol, like all of the alcohol are in these suites and they're like, but you know, like if you were to buy like basic tickets to like all of the games, you're not even like any, I mean like every game that they played, you still wouldn't come close to the cost of a singular suite. So like, that was one of the big things like they did was like, and you know, our, uh, you and I both know your former boss, uh, immediate boss at my current job was joking about it. Cause he, you know, he's, he really does like football. Um, but he was like, yeah, the guitar is, yeah, that's, the, that's guitar. Like, yeah. yeah. That's well, the that, sort of that, thing they do. Yeah, that's kind of, the, that was sort of my impression when I was reading a lot of these stories. I was like, I don't really know enough to like know what to expect. But I'm not really surprised. Uh, so, and, and I saw also there was one of the articles that I was reading about it earlier was like the, uh, the Qatari officials were saying, well, you can just drink Arabic coffee. As like the alternative, <laughs> like what? <laughs> it's kind of a, it's, it's kind of a weird. Uh, it's interesting that they allow coffee because a lot of them yeah. don't because it's a stimulant. Yeah, so. I, yeah, I don't know. Well, and it kind of goes against their their partial reasoning was that the European fans get very rowdy, and that's they they and, and they're probably correct on this to some degree. Is that this is because everybody is sloshed at these soccer games in uh-huh. Europe uh-huh. and, uh, and they were like, well, we don't want to deal with it. You know, the, like I think the UK was banned from international soccer for like five years or something like that because Euro- European so- soccer. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was European. Yeah. Cause yeah. like they, they collapsed the stadium because by like running to one side to beat up the other team or something like that. I mean, a bunch of like the, the UK was very famous for that in previously. And I mean, it is pretty dangerous sometimes in some of the lesser cities that uh, end up getting a premier league team. Um, and you know, the fans are crazy, but yeah, it's one of those, um, it, it's funny because like a lot of, in this kind of show, you know, it's that Biden goes to, like uh, the Saudis hat in hand going, oh, you got to cut production or do increase production or whatever it is they, you know, that he went to do um, where you like InBev is a massive yeah. company. Yeah. There was, is it, it's Belgian, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, yeah. I mean, it's, it's traded on the U.S. stock exchange. Okay. So, I mean, it's headquartered one place, but it's, I think it's traded on at least two exchanges. Uh, so probably the your like the DAX maybe and then or like the Netherlands and yeah. like the New York Stock Exchange. But it's really interesting the idea that you're gonna fuck over NBEV for seventy million dollars, which isn't a lot of money for NBEV. Yeah. I mean yeah. it's a lot of money, but it's not for them. But it also shows that like as a Western company, you don't want to do business with the Qataris. Right. Like pray I don't change the deal again. And it's like, okay, well, we're not going to freaking invest in you at all. Right. Like, why would we do business with you? And, and like, that was part of the whole idea of like Qatar wanting to get these games is to get more Western money. But like, that's how things have changed. So since, I mean, like, I think it was 10 years ago that they mm-hmm. got the bid and won, and they've been working on this ever since, but it's like, yeah, we don't care about Western companies anymore. Like, yeah, things have oh changed. Well. Yeah. But, uh, in a uh, further funny news, like, cause I, I have watched, um, not many of the matches, but at different times caught like a 15, 20 minutes at a time. Uh, they still have crypto.com as a sponsor. <laughs> oh, funny. <laughs> it goes around the board. I'm like, ah, well, I mean, there's, there's some weird <laughs> stuff about that. Cause like, I guess that Sam Bankman fried guy oh. is still going to speak at that New York times event. I think he already did. Oh, was it, was it already I, done? Okay, I thought it already happened, but no, I, I thought it was. I thought it was supposed to be this week, but I don't know. But I, I thought Eric, it was this weekend, but like okay, I could be it, wrong. It could be. No, you could. You could be right. I don't know, but it, like that was one of those things where like a lot of this, like back to my obsession currently, the fourth turning. Uh, I mean, we are in the time of chaos, but it's like this is going on. It's like why is this guy not like maybe not in jail, but also 
you'd think he'd be keeping a lower profile than this or be or like like he's in trouble. <laughs> it's a <laughs> lot of money. So but, and, but and a lot of money from people that you probably don't want to be on the wrong side of. But that's the kind of thing is like is he like is he actually in trouble? Like cuz that's I don't know. that's yeah. the that's kind of that thing is like um is he know, connected uh, enough? Like that could be like, you know, that well, if it's he's like connected this, enough then well, it's like listening to Luongo. It's kind of like, yeah, there, there's clearly this was clearly set up in such a, like you don't. I mean, like Zuckerberg didn't go from two years into Facebook to be in Sam Bakeman Freed. Right. Yeah. This guy went from being a connected kid and, and not an intelligent person to being like capital one billionaire genius yeah. in two years and it's like <clears throat> you yeah. you don't get that like so there was like kind of this idea like from luongo and uh dexter white where it's like he, like they used him as like a ponzi hoover so like basically they would suck up all oh, of right. these yeah, other yeah, ponzi's yeah. and just became this massive ponzi and like we're doing like all this fraud to like basically collapse crypto and like their argument was not bitcoin crypto because like for them bitcoin's its own thing and crypto is like yeah. all of the you know like DAOs and eth well, and, 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 and i think and i think that uh, i think this guy was also uh, bitcoin skeptical so he was he was like i'm not interested in bitcoin i'm more the sam bank on freed he's like i'm more interested in things like his own coin ftt and like these kind of like central banker type coins these basically yeah. scams and whereas like which which i think is a pretty good you know to to channel rollo here a little bit like i think is a good sort of a good um litmus, litmus test or whatever for bitcoin is that scammers don't like it like they what they like is ether or they like their own weird token ftt or whatever like they don't want they don't want something like Bitcoin that can be verified and checked and all that sort of stuff. And, and obviously like there's, there are a lot of scams with Bitcoin too. I mean, we see that with the, the grayscale fiasco that, I mean, that may or may not end up being anything. I'm not sure what they're going to do about that, but, uh, but grayscale is basically refusing to verify what they have. So it's kind of like, okay, well, if you're, if you're refusing to verify what you have, I kind of don't think you have it, <laughs> but, um, the, but that but all of those types of things like there are like it's it it's to me it's it's sort of a and, and i'm clearly biased on this you know i'm not not as biased as some people in the bitcoin sphere but like i'm thinking that if you don't want to use bitcoin as this as your like piece in these scams it's because it can't really be used that way or it's hard to use it that way and so there's more legitimacy now to what i would like bitcoin to become so uh, I just think, I don't know. It's interesting, but it's, but well, kind of the, the sponsorship thing. It's like, I guess they paid for the sponsorship. So if it's already been paid for, you might as well just leave up their, their stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but like that, so like one of the things that, um, there was a guy on the expat money show and I'm not saying like in his thing was like, he's like, Bitcoin is useful and he likes Bitcoin, but his problem was, what they're seeing now is like the traceability and like the, like kind of the, the way they're basically, you know, like people like Rollo and, and, you know, for all I know you too, um, like, you know, when you do the multiple washing process, like there is ways to really obfuscate like the ownership, but basically what they were saying is like people's predictive ability to determine, like if you like hacked a network where you're watching the traffic and you go into a coffee shop and you can then see on-chain transactions quickly and you're in like El Salvador and you go buy coffee, it could be, they could find a way to basically pinpoint that it was you and that, you know, hey, with threshold sniffing yeah. transactions, basically determine you might have seven Bitcoin and it's 16, you know, $16,000 sure. a coin. And yeah. it's like, yeah, you're a target now. Well, and there, so like, there's, there's. Yeah, I I do I understand that point. It's but also like there's ways around it. There's you know just different different practices. This is what this actually you and I've talked about this before, and I don't want to I don't want this to totally derail or whatever. But this is a, I think kind of one of the reasons why 
even in a hard money world, when Bitcoin becomes the money, there's probably still going to be banking services. People don't really want to maintain it. But if you really want to be anonymous or you want to be pseudonymous, I guess, uh, there are ways to make it so that basically you're not spending it out of your hot wallet or you're only spending it out of your hot wallet. You're not spending it out of your savings. You switch out that, get a new address every once in a while so that it's more difficult to know who you are. You spend money in the coin in a coin join instead of directly. Like there's a lot of things that you can do that you, that to, to basically to make it, if, if that's really important to you, I mean, you and I've talked about this too, is that like, I don't really value anonymity that much. Um, it's just, uh, I, I do get it. Like when people are like, well, you don't want to know, you don't want the government to know that you're buying X, Y, Z. It's like, yeah, if they really want to know, they're going to find out. I'm, and I'm not really willing to invest the time and effort to try to make it, to obscure that. Like it's, it's just, it, it's not worth it to me. I don't really see the the value. Now, if I was going to buy, if I was, if, if I was doing my, you know, mushroom grow investment again, I did that in cash. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So like it's it that's one of those things where it's like okay yeah if I'm gonna do something that I need to be a little bit more DL on like I'll go I'll go through the channels and stuff to make it so that it's like it's difficult to track it but yeah and and this is the thing is like his point was that and like I totally agree but like his and his argument and I don't I'm not saying this is coming but it's kind of like the CDC you know like the central bank digital currencies where it's like hey you can't buy hamburgers on Wednesdays. Well, right. even with Bitcoin, they have theoretically a way to trace you enough to stop you from being able to do that. Where basically it's like, yeah, you've got the coin, but I'm telling this retailer to deny the transaction as soon as you walk in based on your GPS location because you've had two hamburgers today. Like, yeah, but they can do that with your credit card too. No, so, no, no, correct. Yeah. But that, and that was his only complaint about Bitcoin yeah. was like, he's like, I appreciate the concept. I love the technology, I love that aspect about it, but yeah. this is why we have to look deeper and try to come up with additional right. things because this is what we see coming. And it's like, yeah. if they can tell 95% of on-chain transactions who those transactions were, then that's the same as a central bank yeah. digital currency. If they then get other people to comply with the idea of not providing you the service because the government is telling them not to, and you're like sure. trying to buy a new car and you're like, I'm going to pay the taxes. Like you're going to like, like, you can't have a car because you didn't, you know, take road test number seven. Yeah. yeah or some I mean, shit. They, sure. So. They could do that. But I mean, I mean, to me, like I, I understand what it's saying. They're, those are just not arguments against Bitcoin. They're just, they're just, they're just arguments against a larger state. So yeah, no, we agreed. And, and that's the, but the, those were things that I thought was interesting as a, sure, yeah. like an idea. And then like the, and that's what kind of makes me worry is like, they're, like, let's say that they can't, like, they know central bank digital currency uptake won't happen. So they're trying to push people to Bitcoin with the idea that they can sniff out the chain transaction. Yeah. So they're using FTX to hover up all these things because they were like Dexter White and uh, Longo had multiple, like, well, what if it was this? What if it was this? And they're like, well, what if it was all three? Like, yeah. The FBI, yeah. let's just say it was the FBI's original plan. And then the CIA goes, well, we could do this. And then, like, the Europeans were like, but we could also do this. Yeah. And then somebody went, Hey, we're going to pull the chain out. Like, we're going to pull everything out of it now. Like, and collapse. Yeah, it's just clap. Yeah. And that, that's simply possible. I mean, the other thing too, this is actually one of the things that I, I'm much less concerned about it now, just because I, I don't think it, it's not that it, it's not that it doesn't matter. It's that it's, it's that it's a problem on basically anything. But, um, this was kind of my original idea was that this, that, that, Bitcoin would be captured by the government, or at least a large portion of it would be captured by the government through basically their own version of Lightning. So they'd have their own layer, and and they and they would basically do what they've done in the past, which is you have to transact on this network or else you go to jail. Mm -hmm. And so like that, they could do that, but it's like okay, but they could do that with really anything. Like if they could, they could go if we catch you with gold, you go to jail. If we catch you yeah, in cash, I mean, they did jail. that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like, yeah. So like that's, that's, the, that's where like, when I think thought more about it, cause that, that used to be kind of my, one of my main things was like, that's what I'm worried about is, is government capture, but it's like, yeah, but they already captured it. This makes it more difficult. And it's also, if you want to do just the bare minimum amount of research, you can obscure what you're doing, uh, and then it's also kind of comes back down to what you and I always talk about too, is that uh, 
are they this smart to maintain this vast conspiracy or is it just we just see the connections and they're just incompetent and they're you know everybody the, all the different factions of the government are doing their own thing and it does kind of come to a point at some at some there's actually what uh, I was talking to you about earlier was I was watching uh, Curtis Yarvin where he was saying that about every 75 years to 100 years the United States installs a dictator and the dictator basically brings the country into a new a new government and so like so we had George Washington was kind of the original Abraham Lincoln then FDR and then it was short time but they there was like an attempt with uh JFK to sort of but he's he, like the way he describes it he's, he's like you can describe it whatever you want these are monarchs by the definition of monarch and he goes and, and in each case they basically reshaped the government into something new and that's what we then had for a certain amount of time and so that's which is kind of interesting like i've never really heard him like fully explain his like whole monarchist position where he goes like yeah right whatever the system that we have right now sucks and so he's like but i do know that every x number of years we call it a president but it is that particular president is a monarch and so he the way he was saying is what he would like to see is basically because now we have the whole the term limit for presidents is he would like to see basically a young kingmaker come in and just the next several presidents appoint him as chief of staff and he basically rules for the next 50 years and and re, and reshapes things into something more orderly and uh i don't necessarily agree with that but from his perspective and from what he was saying is he's like this is what we got with fdr you can say what you want about him but he basically was president for four terms i think three three and a little bit more and basically reshaped the entire united states within that time and was you know a despot along the way same thing with lincoln lincoln was i mean he wasn't a president for that long but he reshaped the entire country and if he had not been assassinated he may have gone on to be basically the dictator for another several terms because back then you could be president for as long as you could win mm -hmm. and so just kind of kind of an interesting perspective on that and i and i'm wondering sort of in that same sort of vein it's like we've got all these things that are go interesting that are going on we've got crypto we've got like this all the political stuff that's going on qatar is denying beer to people come on <laughs> clearly we're in the age of chaos <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's it's that like it's that you know other countries willing to break you know what americans consider sacrosanct even though americans have continually tried to force each other and others to do it is break contract and it's like hey we had a contract with you these are the terms that we understood you know we have people who speak arabic it's not like you know you speak some like you know it's like hey we all speak esperanto and there's only seven people in the world who do this at this level no like right. we've got lawyers who negotiate billion dollar arab arabic deals and you're people maybe you know backwards goat fuckers or whatever but like we knew what we wrote right yeah yeah all right well i think that's a good place let's end on goat fuckers and uh <laughs> yeah, keep and, watching uh, the uh keep watching the world cup because uh you know, Budweiser is going to not let this uh, this free media coverage go to waste. So I guess it wasn't free, but the uh, the winning country is going to get all that beer. They're going to ship it over to them. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool, actually. Qatar, because, Qatar well, wins the whole thing somehow. They are already, they are already eliminated. They shouldn't. The host the host country gets to be in the World Cup. They they had no business being there. Uh, really? <laughs> but but it would be funny if another like, uh, if another Muslim country were to win. <laughs> but that that's what I think would be so funny is like if somehow like. Qatar actually like pulls it off and it's just like, you know, like through that, like statistical, <laughs> like soccer is kind of weird, like draws yeah. and like shootouts and stuff. And like Qatar wins and they're just like, yeah. <laughs> all right, see one thirty the beer. <laughs> well, let's see who's winning the world cup right now. Uh, it's, it's, it's not in that, uh, format at this point. Oh, okay. Uh, so it's still elimination. It's yeah, very, they're in the, very convoluted. Okay. Yeah, it's like they're in the group stage, so it's each it's four teams and they play four times or they can play up to four times basically. Yeah. And then after that it becomes single elimination losses. Um so So this was actually speaking of this, uh well, let's let's close the episode and I'll ask you guys about it in a minute <laughs> because I, I don't I like 
like the whole brackets thing doesn't make sense to me because Victoria's uh, Taekwondo tournament had like the most bizarre bracketing. Like, I was like, <laughs> I don't understand why, how this works this way. But uh, let's go ahead and let Will do yeah. his plugs for Peaceful Treason since he said he's it's coming back. Uh, yeah, it's it's still out there and active. Uh, there's actually episodes in the can that never got released. That's probably on me. Um, so <laughs> so look that for that. Like yeah, maybe, maybe look for some drink in the dark. Uh, there's some, a lot of TV's been watched recently. Um, I'm on Twitter, QJBrush3. Uh, I guess find me. I don't know. All right, that's it. Well, that's the. I was going to say, I think uh, I think most people who know our show know how to find. Me well <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's pretty pretty easy. So uh, we're peaceful treason. You can follow. Uh, all right, we're not peaceful treason. <laughs> we're taking his <laughs> moniker. We're tasting anarchy. Uh, so you can follow us at tastinganarchy.com where we don't do anything. Uh, tastinganarchy at gmail.com. Tastinganarchy on Twitter. Uh, also, uh, Jacob is Lord Childerberg. Um, right. So. And I, I do have I have a I have a no. newsletter that I'm working yeah. on. Uh, where, nice. where I'll, and I'll go. I announced this on that on uh, Jared's show that I was on earlier this week. But um, we we've moved locations. We're going to be at Rebecca Creek Campground now instead of Muleshoe Bend. Uh, I'll put that in the newsletter. I'll give some information. This is now money raising time. So if you do not have tickets, get your tickets because I need to pay that campground, and it's going to be expensive. So yeah. Uh, so, but the, there's many good reasons, and I think Jacob will elaborate them some in the uh, news article for the yeah. move. Uh, yes, so, yeah, there know, are a lot of those of those of you who had hard ons from Yushul Bend. Uh, it's a good place, but it is yeah. the, the authority, the state. No, <laughs> the, it, the I mean basically, camp- yeah, they, yeah. They, 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 for whatever reason, the the Lower Colorado River Authority didn't want us to do a lot of the things that I like doing, and they just they were. Last year they were a big pain, basically, and yeah. and I couldn't get them to cooperate this year. So I was just like, okay, well, let's just try something else. So yeah, we're going private. We're anarchists, anyways. So <clears throat> a private campground works better, anyways. Yeah, and that is not to say that the staff at the campground were yeah, pain. That's right. Yes, the those people were very yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah, they were always great to us. So, all right, everybody, uh, stay free. All right, stay free. <laughs>